0: Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. This Christmas, we can't help but gush and deliberate over one of our favorite holiday flicks. Come discover the tragically underrated and overlooked The Family Stone. Here at You Hate Movies, we care about the Christmas movies. In fact, Mm -hmm. Tyler was just texting us today, uh, recognizing the greatness of the formerly upheld Christmas tradition at you hate movies, the 33 days of Christmas movies.
1: hmm. Yeah, I was, I was just texting about that. You're right.
0: <laughs> and uh, what made you think of the 33 days today?
1: Oh, uh, cause uh, the family stone was um, on that list for a long time. I think maybe it was that list that made me watch it for the very first time.
0: Oh, is that right?
1: Yeah. And I, I have fun going back and reading our tweets from over the years. You know, I think yeah. that my, my rating for Family Stone is a real good one.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah you always think your jokes are the best. <laughs> if you don't remember, if you're new to You Hate Movies, uh, for years we had a tradition called the 33 Days of Christmas Movies in which you watch a Christmas movie from a list every single night, 33 days leading up to Christmas, more than a month of Christmas movies.
1: And at times we would, uh, even if we weren't together, live text our way through them you know we would have yeah. simultaneous playback in each of our homes and then just enjoy the ride
0: yeah yeah there was a lot of uh landmark movies that we'd all watch together or you'd kind of float back and forth from one house to another watching these christmas movies or like tyler said text each other being like hit play now
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and uh and a lot of those movies stayed the same. They stay anchored on the list, and then a few of them come and go over the years. Uh, Tyler kept petitioning to remove Deck the Halls.
1: God, that movie's terrible.
0: It's a really bad movie with Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito competing over Christmas lights. Oh, yeah, God. it's bad. Super bad.
1: You think it could be funny. That Just that that uh, short synopsis of the film, I think that could be funny, but it's, it's really not. It's really no. very unfunny, actually.
0: It's a, It's not a... Yeah, I told Tyler today. I said that you have to love to hate it. He said, "I can't. you can't even do that."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No. <laughs> so, it started but... really the the whole the movie we're about to talk to at least came into my life from the thirty three days of Christmas movies because mm-hmm. uh, something like thirteen years ago it was the, uh, Abby and I were hanging around at Christmas time, newly married, enjoying life. And I says to myself, I says, God, there's a lot of Christmas movies I've never seen. It just occurred to me as I was leading <laughs> up to the season. And I thought about how there's some, I think that this was a time when I'd still never seen the ones people go on about like It's a Wonderful Life and White Christmas. And I said, you know what, I'm going to try to watch all of them. And this was back when, I'm assuming maybe they still do this, but Netflix had the mail-in DVD as their own, mm-hmm. that was the subscription. You, If you subscribe to Netflix, you got DVDs in the mail.
1: Yeah. You yep. get
0: three at a time and kind of send when you send one back they'd send you another one you could do them all out of order and everything so i got an account with netflix and then a simultaneous account with blockbuster video because you could take theirs into the store you could order them off of the website just about any movie but then you could return them to the store down the street so i was really just wheeling and dealing in christmas movies uh overflowing in christmas movies and that first year god i watched some awful crap trying out new things a lot of hallmark type movies that i didn't realize were hallmark movies um the internet wasn't as you know it gets a little more robust every year so there wasn't Mm -hmm. enough uh information to help me curate the list i learned that it's a wonderful life isn't really a christmas movie at all nor is white christmas despite the very misleading title
2: there's a lot of dancing
0: there was a lot of dancing And I remember looking up a list. You know, you just keep looking up list after list of the best Christmas movies. And at some point, I remembered the Family Stone. And I was like, "What was that movie that came out a little while ago?" And uh, it was, you know, was this was two thousand five that Family Stone had been released. And I was like, "It was Mm -hmm. just a few years ago."
1: No one ever uh, saw.
0: Yeah, no one saw it. I remember a trailer for it. It had Diane Keaton. And I looked it up and I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is a Christmas movie. So I watched it and I was surprised, surprised by what I saw. Patrick, do you remember the first time you saw Family Stone?
2: Yes, I believe I got it from uh, a DVD from the local video rental place, video or Hollywood video or movie mad. No, I don't know what it was. Some local video place.
1: Hollywood video is a chain.
2: Yeah, I think we had those, didn't we? Or something and Mm -hmm. i watched it around that time too i didn't know it came out in the theater or anything i just saw that it was a christmas movie.
1: that's back when you would choose movies just based on the cover and like one sentence
2: yeah because it has the the finger it looks like it's Mm -hmm. kind of flicking you off but it's not really it's
1: it's the ring finger with a ring Mm -hmm. on it yeah
2: so i was like oh shoot this is going to be in your face (laughs) it's
0: my kind of christmas movie (laughs) Yeah, they definitely tried to present it in the packaging like an it ed- is the edgy mm-hmm. Christmas movie.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I remember watching it and being also very surprised at what I
1: saw.
0: And Tyler, what was your experience like?
1: Um my first time seeing it was definitely part of 33 days, probably because it was you added it on the list at some point and I had never seen it. Um but have come to really love it over the years. It's like one of the movies that you look forward to watching every Christmas. And maybe this is one of the reasons we stopped doing 33 days because so many Christmas movies are really terrible. <laughs> and why do we keep subjecting ourselves to these movies every year? There are certain movies on that list that I would gladly never see again, much like deck the halls or Christmas, with the cranks, but family stone is when you revisit every year, gladly, you know, and it's uh, a, some about it is that, um, it's that heartfelt, like uh, family reunion, sense that you get just by watching it every year. Oh, I'm going back home with the Stones this <laughs> this Christmas. <laughs> it's just something about it that's really great. It's a uh, very, um, I want to say heartwarming, but it's it's more it's more in your face heartwarming. There's it's it's, it's got an edge. It's
0: great. Sorry. Abby, do you remember when you saw Family Stone the first time?
3: I don't, but it feels like I've always known it
0: i wonder if for you it was that kind of thing where it was on around you until you finally watched it and then you were like oh i saw all of that movie this year and it was good
3: no i'm sure i watched it the first time that you did because it seems like something i would watch unlike three quarters of the list that is usually christmas movies but um like i don't remember like where i was at or where we were at i just remember watching it yeah
2: i think that actually speaks to the quality of this thing because like tyler's saying we used to just watch and we still do just watch these cruddy movies every christmas time but family stone is when you watch and you're like oh wow that wasn't crappy and then the next year you watch it again and you find yourself saying oh i not disappointed about having to watch this again and then you just keep watching it and you kind of lose sense of where or how you got there you just appreciate that you're there
0: yeah, so my, my thinking with this particular episode is since it uh, stands to reason a lot of our listeners will not have seen Family Stone. And if they uh, actually clicked on the episode, despite not even recognizing the title of the movie, um, maybe they're you know wary of, well, if I'm going to watch this thing, I don't want to have it spoiled for me. So maybe we can keep it going for a little while, spoiler free. Eventually, we're going to have to get into the spoilers, the warning. Um, but I, I'll I'll preface it by saying this. We the reason that I said this to these guys, I says, let's do an episode on the Family Stone. We we're looking for a Christmas type thing to do, is that we spent so much time talking about this thing. We've basically done the podcast many, many times. In fact, yeah. not too long ago, the podcast was happening through text almost entirely with Tyler and Matt arguing about Diane Keaton's wardrobe. <laughs> With In screenshots, movie. there's lots of pictures involved. There were screenshots, <laughs> There were trying. There was like a, a, a big disagreement over what could have been a blouse or a dress.
1: Uh, yeah, it wasn't a dress. I argued it was a blouse, but he's arguing it's um Kelly's tuxedo shirt.
0: Oh, right, that's what he's saying. That's what he was saying. Yeah, and I thought, man, we've got a lot, of, we have a lot, we have a lot of thoughts about this movie, we have a lot of things to say about it and the weird thing is that um unlike some of the other movies that we go bananas for I don't really think The Family Stone is necessarily the type of movie you put in for the first time and you think man I'm going to watch this every Christmas that was so good that was the best thing that I've ever seen for me it was kind of like a the I watched it that first year and I was like oh that was refreshingly good I didn't know that it was going to be that good and then the next year came around and I was like Oh, wait! that family stone movie that's gonna be good this year, and then it becomes one of the tried and true Christmas staples that you you know becomes anchored in the season, like Tyler was saying you really look forward to seeing it. you start to notice lots of things that you didn't notice before something about it really stands out as uniquely um I don't know cozy is the word, even though it is kind of an edgy movie. It's like a really great movie to settle in and watch. Some of the writing is surprisingly good. Mm -hmm. But even having said all that, um, this family kind of bothers me. I don't really like them all that much. (laughs) But they're so
3: realistic. I think that's why it's comforting, because it's so real.
0: Yeah, hasn't everybody known a family like this? I'm sure if people have watched the movie and are listening to this episode, there's got to be someone that's like, that's exactly what my family's like. I definitely knew these families.
2: Right, and the exaggerated characters were exaggerated just enough where it didn't go into like uh, unbelievable territory. Like Diane Keaton's character is the most uh, out there to me. She's just an absurd mom, but she uh, it doesn't like stray away from like you said. Somebody, oh, I kind of think I know somebody like that or know somebody's mom like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. For me, it reminds me of these. (laughs) these families that I would know that like were like oh yeah smoke pot with my dad and you know are making jokes about their kids having sex in the kitchen and stuff like that and you're like where the heck am I what is this place (laughs) I think the first time I saw it it was almost like I uh I loved to hate the family they really bothered me uh, because they was they reminded me of families that I knew but there was also something about like wanting to go want like tyler said wanting to go home to the stone house for christmas them all being there and their dysfunction i don't know mm. it's hard to explain did you feel like you liked them right away tyler or did you feel any kind of dis-
1: uh no i was a little conflicted maybe because you're this sets you up where you're supposed to want to like meredith and then everyone's picking on her, and then you realize, oh yeah, Meredith does suck. But I don't know. It's it's a weird tension. So yeah, at first you you don't necessarily realize how great they are, and that their their edginess is actually part of their charm.
0: Yeah, well, there's some characters are more um what's the word? They they seem like they're intended to be likable out of the gate. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh the fa- the father. Mm-hmm. Who's played by Coach? Yeah, yeah. Craig, T. yeah yep. Craig T. Nelson. Yeah, Craig T. Nelson. What'd you say Kelly Stone? He's like really nice, and yeah, you know, it's hard to find anything dislikable about him. And then Rachel McAdams plays uh, someone who I can see being really annoying to a lot of different.
1: Well, she's roles. she's fulfilling the uh, the little sister type. They all have their role to play. Mm. She nailed hers.
0: Yeah, she's I like her. kind of spoiled and antagonistic and. Fussy,
1: yeah, yeah. I feel like the what the Abby was saying is that there's there's something really genuine uh, that, that feels so real about this movie. They do. They make a lot of Christmas movies about family dysfunction. You know, like um that terrible one, Love the Coopers, where it's oh God, the dog narrating.
0: Obviously, it seems to me like that yeah. was obviously in the wake of somebody watched The Family Stone and was like, I could do uh, that too. Yeah.
1: I'm going to try to do it better. Maybe some people will see my movie or um, the one with Robin Williams. What was that? A Merry Friggin' Christmas.
0: Yes, exactly. Same yeah.
1: thing. And then someone even we, I feel like we had this conversation, some sort of sidebar at some point on the podcast. Maybe it was just in person. I don't know. It all blends together, but I was watching Dan in real life earlier this year at some point. And I realized it's just a ripoff of family stone it came out two years after family stone.
2: Yeah, and it's not as good either.
1: No, it's not, it's not as in good. What's life? Is
0: that it's, the
1: first? uh it's Steve Carell yeah. and Dane Cook, which is weird casting. Steve Carell's very likable in it, but the and the dad in it is um the dad from Frasier, which is fun. He makes a good dad. I feel like we could do uh uh cane? Huh? It's the guy yeah.
0: with a cane from Frasier? Yes. and the Jack yeah. Russell
1: Terrier. Yeah, it was great. Hey, Matt, welcome to the, the show. Glad to be here. Guys. Can you guess which movie I'm describing? It stars Steve Carell and Dame Cook with the dad from Frasier.
2: Uh, here's this too. The cover art shows uh, somebody laying on pancakes.
4: Oh, Dan Dan, Dan something? Uh, no, go. Dan, Dan in real life? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I Dan
0: in real life is a cover with the pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, You're
1: arguing that it's a Christmas movie? No. I'm oh, arguing okay. that it's a ripoff of uh, Family Stone. Yeah. Which is what we're here to talk about. Yeah. Have yeah. you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it long uh, time okay. ago. Matt, uh, do you remember yeah.
0: how you came into the knowledge and viewing of Family Stone for the first time?
4: Aaron, my wife, my wife. Um <laughs> she just un- owned it.
1: So uh wow, she was ahead of everybody.
4: Yeah, before we were married. And so it just became a part of our it was never as um earnestly a part of our annual Christmas viewing as it has become in the last 7 or so. Mm-hmm. But it was it was Around, we still have that same DVD because they still won't put a freaking Blu-ray out. So no Blu-ray, no Blu-ray. But man, yeah. hey, that that HD uh, version it, is available on HBO this year. It looked, it's the best I've ever seen it look. It I looked know, great. I was <laughs>
0: taking it back because last year I was frustrated by the lack of Blu-ray, and I says, I'm gonna rent the HD version even though I had a DVD. So I rented the HD version, and it was 100% the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> you can totally tell it was yep. like the moment the studio card yeah. came on the screen i was like Just this getting is in there. It's not it baby. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> anyway, fuzzy, anyway matt, before you, you, matt before you popped in i was going oh, on yeah. about how there's so many other dysfunctional family movies but they all suck compared to family stone
4: yeah i'm trying i'm i'm running through them
1: yeah it's remember not- remember uh what did i say i already forgot it was um Love the Coopers. Yeah. Not oh, meet the Coopers. Was, that one meet, was
0: very meet, bad. Meet the Cooper. No, love hanging
2: with Mr. Cooper.
1: It's love the Coopers and meet the Millers is very different. Meet the Millers is funny. Yeah, that's Jason. Janet Branson and Jason and, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And remember a Merry freaking Christmas? That m- Merry freaking sucked. <laughs> yeah, it really did. <laughs> it <laughs> it was bad. a bad I can't time. I really
0: remember it. I remember Robin Williams was. A great it was team. the
1: dot.
4: Was it the. Which wow, one that, was it the dog the whole time? I love that love the, the Cooper. Coopers.
0: Oh that's the <laughs> huge <one. laughs> spoiler for the pictures. Yeah.
4: <laughs> that made me genuinely that's
0: angry the at the <laughs> end. <laughs> dog has been <laughs> dark was... the whole time.
4: Genuinely irked by that reveal at the end. <laughs> it made me mad. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah, I think I think oddly Erin owned it because she really Enjoys family drama as a genre, so I think it was purchased because of that genre, as opposed to being purchased as a Christmas movie. And yep. you know, which it's just nice because it satisfies both. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's yeah. it's great. It gives you a reason to watch it every year. Because if yeah. you watch if you watch the family uh, dysfunction comedy drama right. every year, someone should start would start to get concerned if they weren't right. for the, the Christmas aspect it
4: would be weird if every December you're like, I want to watch this really sad family.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's the kind of Christmas movie you watch the first time and think, uh, man, that's an instant. It's not an instant classic. I think it's more no. like a, uh, it's a grower into it. It worms its way into your heart like that's
1: so, that's what's so great about it i feel like every time i do watch it each christmas as part of my christmas celebration routine you notice uh the subtleties a lot more there's a lot happening in frame than just like the foreground or the focal point character in any scene uh, i really love every year like for example when there's the chaos in the kitchen and uh like Rada, Everett everett everett's standing there trying to putting the ring on what's her name's finger, Julie's finger. And Kelly, Craig T. Nelson's just standing there staring at him, like in shock. You know, yeah. like what are you doing? And yeah. you finally catch it. He's been doing it the whole scene until you realize at the end. It's just stuff like that. So many subtleties that really make the thing feel real and 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 um like endearing in that way. Yeah, now like it's an hour you... into
0: the spoiler territory. And I guess I should say that there's so yeah, many characters in, in this movie. That's another reason why you can't I don't think it becomes an instant classic is because you watch it once and you'll probably forget a lot of Mm -hmm. the minor characters in the movie. There's one of the siblings, the stone siblings is Susanna. Mm -hmm. She doesn't do an awful lot in the film. Right.
4: Takes a phone call.
0: Her kid does more than she does. She takes a phone call. Abby said she appreciates it that there was a pregnant character in the movie whose lines weren't all about my back and oh my gosh, I'm gonna pop and I feel like no one even
3: (laughs) really acknowledges it, which is kind of refreshing in a movie.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, but do you think she was just there so that we're in spoilers now? Yeah. Uh, So that at the end of it, we can tell time has passed because she's yeah. holding the baby. Is that like sure. the main point of the being in the movie? When,
0: why would that be necessary? I All mean, they have to do obviously is obviously the next year clothes and write a year later on the screen. Yeah, but right. they wanted they didn't do that. They wanted to be more subtle. They do it
2: through character.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the story, the story. I feel like the storytelling in that way is crafted more masterfully than than just overt exposition. One year later, or... Right, know, sure. Just someone, someone, some narrator type walking into frame and explaining it to us. The dog right. saying something. And yeah, that's kinda... what's, so, it's what's so great about the very first shots of uh, them pulling up to the home. It's not like the prologue, but, you know, after the opening credits, which are great. Because uh, I love... I love, love, a good, a good love, love credits. those credits. Yeah. We always pick our favorite of the Christmas cards of the year. Yeah. Oh, really? yeah so the first shot my favorite is... Favorite it's fun yeah i like it gotta get your mind right i always say yeah um the first shot is of thad and patrick pulling into the driveway and then they they do that so well at the end of the movie is them driving in again they're repeating the whole entry scene into the house and the storytelling uh in it is much more subtle it's kind of like revealing itself to you as the scene uh continues on
0: you get the
1: (laughs) basically the entire movie you you discover all of these you discover all of these um like sub storylines or even like the main storyline with the mom you don't realize the gravity of the situation until you get super far into the film and it just slowly reveals clues of what's really happening
0: do you think that um it's hard to ask these questions without coming across as insensitive
1: uh, oh, we, we always
4: are very careful about that on this podcast. Uh, are we? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: there's, there's Diane Keaton's character, uh, We you learn over the course of the movie, uh, has uh, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It really it, gives
1: it away when she opens her shirt. <laughs>
0: yeah, she opens her shirt and reveals that um, she has had a mastectomy or is it a double mastectomy? I can't remember how much you see of her double. chest. I think
4: you only see one side, but I yeah. think a double is implied.
0: Yeah, it seemed that way. So she's already gone through some hard stuff. She's, and then you've learned that the cancer's back. And it's worse this time. So there's this dramatic scene where um, freaking, what what's Dorothy's name again? Julie? Julie? Uh, you know, Dorothy. Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. She sings, have yourself a merry little Christmas in that movie. Yeah.
1: No. Keep keep going. I want to see if you can get it. <laughs> yeah. Keep working on it. Liza Ju- daughter,
0: Judy, Judy. 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 Did I say Julie? Judy Gar- Garland. Judy Garland. Judy Garland. Yeah. Right. She has a Christmas Judy. name. Judy not- Garland, yeah. the queen of insufferable vibrato. It's just like someone's, you know, finger is on her neck. Yeah. She's a goat. She's
3: yeah.
0: Still, oh, this song. This, I can do the whole thing if you want. She's, song is playing out over this montage this christmas eve night montage and you're seeing all these different characters from the family each is going through their own little thing and there's you know the scene where uh diane keaton opens her shirt and reveals that she's had either a mastectomy or double mastectomy you know in, in a moment of in intimacy with her husband and all i can think is that, <laughs> that diane keaton is like completely sideways in the bed so that her head can be in front of this chest appliance, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like in horror movies, where yeah. someone will get their guts ripped out and they're uh-huh. laying in the ground, while right. their body is laying across. Yeah. So then I can't help but imagine these two actors, like teary-eyed, looking at each other as Diane Keaton reaches around and touches this fake appliance,
4: and Coach
1: has to run his hand over her you know? latex. Synthetic skin. You're just you're just totally distracted by the existence of a prosthetic being in the way.
0: Because then you're you're thinking about like what are the people on the set? It has to look so absurd. Yeah. Everyone that's there in the movie, you don't think about this. It's very convincing. It's a very convincing, seamless. It's
1: it's a very yeah. It's very convincing. It's very a heartbreaking scene. And it is a weird thing about now the prosthetic involved. I always thought it was just makeup. I just thought I just figured that oh, just makeup. They put scar tissue on and maybe some layers of whatever to maybe flatten to flatten it out. I think maybe they just you know they had the same team that spray painted Jennifer Lawrence or whatever.
0: Uh, no. Maybe it was angles. Put was scales angles. on her and stuff. No, yeah.
3: she really has boobs. It was just makeup.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's mm-hmm. not, yeah, but he so puts stupid. his
2: hand on a what is obviously a flat chest. You know, yeah. yeah.
0: It's a, it's a fake. It's a prosthetic chest. Oh, that, that
2: prosthetic chest is hanging up in a closet somewhere in Hollywood,
3: <laughs> um,
4: ready to yeah. be used again. Right,
0: right beside Theodore Rex and <laughs>
4: yeah, <laughs> that, that rotten hoggle that they found in a trunk or something. Yeah, mm. <laughs> a rotten
0: vacuum puppet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Keaton's prosthetic chest.
4: Not the Terminator head though, because James Cameron has no, that James in his Cameron house. has
0: that at home. <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> he kisses it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the thing about the i was reading through like the critical reception about this movie before we did the podcast because uh it's pretty divided it's got a 53 percent on rotten tomatoes that's based on 158 reviews so it's technically rotten what um yeah and
1: no one, but no one ever went to see it in theaters like it came and went no one's no one's yeah, seen 158 it
0: 158 reviews is super low
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. At this point, its best bet is becoming a cult classic at some point, which I feel like it's become for us. Yeah. And, and we are trendsetters. Yeah. <laughs>
4: well,
3: maybe we're helping. Maybe After we're this podcast, it's about to be it the is thing.
1: Blow <laughs> yeah. So, what did those people that actually saw it have to say?
0: Well, here's one that kind of summarizes what I was talking about, even though it's really dramatic. This is from the New York Times. Uh, yeah. the Listen to how pretentious this sounds. This yes. is a quote, all, all happy families resemble one another, Tol- Tolstoy famously wrote, and each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. But Tolstoy didn't know the Stones, who are happy in a Hollywood kind of way and unhappy in a self-help kind of way. With this tribe of ravenous cannibals bears its excellent teeth at anyone who doesn't accommodate the family's preening self-regard.
1: Hmm. That is how it appears after the first viewing
0: sure yeah it's not totally wrong it's a little dramatic
1: it's very very dramatic that person wrote that just to get some readers <laughs> well that's what the new york times is
0: mm. they worked for reading it they made wikipedia. Yeah, yeah they got you yeah they made it a wikipedia okay. i uh
1: i agree with that as a first viewing but i disagree with that each with each new viewing
2: agreed no i mean do you, the characters that are annoying are still annoying and the characters that are good guys are still good guys. You just appreciate the story and the journey more because you see more of where they came from and where they go. So you appreciate it more, but they're still the same annoying characters.
1: Mm, I think that the depth that you discover in some of the characters reveals that we're just misreading motive.
4: Yeah. Agreed. I think that Meredith becomes sympathetic on a second or third viewing. Whereas the first time she's just atrocious.
3: I don't know. I feel like, even after seeing it probably 10 times or something all through the end i still can't stand meredith i'm like i don't know how this guy ever wants to be with her or lay next to her what do you mean she finally let weird.
1: she finally let her hair down oh. she's Did. cool she's let her, she's let her freak but flag also, fly she's had two brothers willies that's <laughs> two that's one too many brothers <laughs> That is the That's weird true. dynamic. Of That's the one movie. of the more
0: unbelievable things in this yeah. completely unbelievable movie. Is that the Seinfeld yeah. switch has successfully taken <laughs> place over the course of the movie? Yeah.
1: But, Without the menage a trois.
0: Yes. Sure. <laughs> so this is like discovering plutonium by accident. <laughs> they they do it like they the yeah. Everett clearly uh, loves Claire Danes character the moment he sees her. As yep. is the case with Ben, who clearly like loves Meredith the second he sees her. And then somehow over this couple of days at the house they managed to switch roux. Mm-hmm. And everyone's totally fine with it. Like uh right. no, I'm buying it. He's chasing down Claire danes to pronounce his love for her in the snow. I'm minutes in it. After, no. Minutes after his breakup with her sister.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no nah, man, it's Meanwhile, it's. I'm feeling it. It's real. I, his, I totally believe it. His and we,
0: almost fiance is in bed with his brother.
1: Uh huh. Yeah, that's right.
0: And they're all fine with that too. It
3: could be real. I could see it happening in a weird kooky family, but not with Meredith. You just
1: you just did see it happen, Abby. You know, in a weird kooky family. We
0: saw it. We can't deny it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Meredith has a transformation over the length of the film. And it has a lot to do with the relational dynamics. Obviously, Ben brings out the best in her by making her throw back some some rolling rock and dance to karaoke. Let her, her fly. Yeah, trying to teach her how to relax. But then the vice versa is, is true with Everett and uh, Julie. She's bringing out the best in him. Everett and uh, Meredith are both transforming into the people that they were or meant to be
2: well, no no, yeah. no here's the here's the problem though i agree with abby meredith is terrible because everett was a character like he changed for her he tells the story yeah. and we see that like oh how they met like, yeah. oh, okay you changed meredith seems to be like she's this way the whole time and then she has like an epiphany with ben saying oh i want to be different and then well, a year later she's accomplished that i guess somehow a lot or. of
1: that a lot of that narrative exists in Everett as well especially with the that scene with his with diane keaton where she says stop trying to be so perfect all the time and they keep referring to him as the everyone's king someone call him a king at one point No, like he was no, he's yeah. like the he's the star of the family in a way so he's trying to right. he's trying to be that perfect character so i feel like he and meredith are just which clearly he
4: was already yeah. wrestling with that identity because he hid all of his like trophies and stuff in the drawer. Like he was already having an internal conflict. And then right. Meredith in her suckiness uh you know emotionally vampired him into being a wiener.
2: Yeah, because he at one point they're even picking on him for wearing a tie, like it's weird yeah. to see him wearing a tie. He's
1: running for mayor. Yeah, they're bringing out the worst in each other. They mm-hmm. neither of them know how to unwind. And that's even Kelly says that at some point in the films that neither of them know themselves, right? And that's that's what this relationship dynamic is so bad for each other. So I totally believe that they find the person to help them be themselves and be normal.
0: That part is believable that they accomplish the transition
1: in one night
0: with such like <laughs> seamlessness. <laughs> You
1: saw that, it, man. It worked. No, yeah. man. It took. It was over a year. It took, it took some work. A year. I don't believe
0: yeah, they Meredith fucking They probably had some jealousy to resolve over the course <laughs> of that year. But I yeah. think you guys are being. It's fine to be hard on Meredith. She's written as a at least a semi-unlikable, if not an entirely unlikable character. But I think I kind of. I can't relate to Meredith, but I think I understand it. I think, you know, she's already wound up. She's already high strung and uh superficial in a way Mm -hmm. and then she's put into this position with people who are extremely loose and extremely comfortable in their chaos and uh she starts to try to um, perform and when that's like the scene where she's going on and on about how they met in hong kong or wherever it was that they met yeah
1: kowloon side on kowloon Kowloon
0: side. side and then uh, that's her like desperately trying to impress them, and then when she can't do that, she's just like cowering in a corner and you know mm-hmm. crying about shoes in the couch. Yeah, and oh, and, her mannerisms yeah. are insufferable. <laughs> and but her she plays, her, she plays out her character really well. It's she like, does. Yeah, she was a doing ridiculous sex in the, cartoon, and she makes it like a real person.
1: Yeah, right. she she uh, whatever her name is now, I totally forget. She was Bradshaw. Brad yeah, she was. She was doing Sex and City at the same time, so it's really not that far of a departure from Carrie Bradshaw. Maybe a little more high strung, but still high, high end, high fashion, tight, all that. Right. Yeah, it's like a corporate Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. Right. Right. I've right. Never
0: seen Sex and the City. I don't know what Carrie Bradshaw was like.
1: Yeah. Well, it's something Kinda like Meredith, like that. but <laughs> uh, but I think that Meredith's transformation was interesting because she clearly unravels like her hair becomes more and more messed the length more and more messy the length of the film and she eventually ends up covered in breakfast and smelling like puke yeah um but even like if you notice the tick that tick uh throat clearing thing goes away until the very end when she finally sits down with everett to clear the air with him and it comes back and he smiles and they realize they're bad for each other mm-hmm
0: oh i don't now. know that is the scene you're talking about. Describe that to me again.
1: Where he's coming out of the bathroom after having fought with Ben and run around the house. Yeah. And she's sitting on the bed waiting for him. And they're like saying, they're basically like adding closure to the relationship. And while she's sitting there, she clears her throat for the first time in a long time, not since beginning of the film or something like that. And he smiles, smiles slightly and realizes
0: He's like, oh God, I can't stand you either. Yeah. We yeah. just br-
4: briefly discuss the actual Christmas Day timeline because it starts with she wakes up in Ben's bed. He's in the shower. Everyone's waiting for them to open presents, implying, and she hasn't cooked the strata. So I'm implying that it's pre breakfast time. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they open the presents. She yells, no, I won't marry you. Um, Everett has a shower, and then Everett leaves. And instantly, it's dark. At the same time, Meredith is still in her egg clothes, w- and it's dried, and is upstairs with Ben. And again, it's dark. It's nighttime. What happened in the middle of the day? There's <laughs> right. like six hours missing.
3: Maybe that was the conversations the brothers had mm. happened then. And Maybe. not
0: to mention, here's another question to Matt's, uh, to add to Matt's question. We see, uh, What's her face? What's, uh, what's? Amy. Amy. Go She's out making out with him. Brad in the yeah. van for like <laughs> nine hours. She goes out mm-hmm. to the van with Brad and opens the clock radio. And then when uh, Susanna's husband shows up at the end of the night, like it's dark yeah. and the yeah. sounds just started, he's like, who's Amy making out with outside? It's Like, I guess they've been making out that whole time.
4: You would have like a sore face. It's a good makeup. <laughs> they could have talked for a while first. <laughs> sure, they're interspersed with conversation. That's also yeah. a
3: crappy, Dad. He's just making it home at the end of Christmas Day. Oh, Susanna!
4: you right. come on now. You don't know what he does. Maybe he is a, a ER doctor and he was on call. Well,
1: mm, he yeah. seems he like walks, a businessman or something. He, he should have pulled Susanna
2: place. and her husband and all all of her out of the movie completely, and it would have been no. Fair just how what what does she do that contributed done, uh, to
3: what
0: was going on really do anything
1: i like her
3: she's the yeah, like what person
1: yeah yeah we uh, She. she she's, lends, the, she's the straight she's, man she lends realism to everything she's the parent she's she's showing that they're all adult children in different stages right. of life they had to have someone in a different phase of life and also she's a, she's
4: a good foil for amy because amy's mm-hmm. the you know bringing home clothes and a hamper college student with a tote bag an NPR tote bag or whatever
1: yeah she's coming home to do yeah. laundry so the dynamic right. of the five kids is really well balanced in my opinion mm-hmm. I feel like we one year had a long debate about the order of birth for them Everett no we think Susanna is oldest I think Susanna's the oldest yeah. Susanna
4: Everett Ben Sad, Amy yeah that's got to be it right i don't know maybe i always thought that everett was the firstborn but it would make sense if there was like a they had a girl first and then they had like a firstborn son thing because right. that kid sometimes gets screwed up when they're the first boy
0: i've got the wikipedia in front of me and i don't It tells know, you it says this is under the cast it says dermot mulroney who plays everett stone everett, yeah. sybil and kelly's eldest son and then it
3: also eldest said-
4: son does that's not true. say eldest child. Yeah, eldest son is different from eldest Elizabeth, child. Elizabeth uh, Razor,
0: yeah. Susanna Stone, the Stone's eldest daughter. Right. So it doesn't.
3: It doesn't <laughs> so answer it. Doesn't, right. And it says that is the youngest son.
1: Right. Yeah. Amy's clearly the kid. The kid sister. Right. Yeah. Right. She's the, youngest the baby. of the family. And maybe so right. Susanna
2: is... and Everett are twins.
1: Oh, uh, uh, they don't look. Yeah, that's not a terrible. That's not our a terrible. It's not a terrible theory, but it seems improbable.
4: You never see her room, nope. you see the others. hmm Yeah.
1: Do you think they all have bathrooms, private bathrooms in their rooms? I think so. Not nice. Amy,
4: because she not Amy, because she's in like the attic.
1: But, oh yeah. Like I said
4: Ben's room to... is obviously Thad and Ben's, right?
0: While we were watching it, I'm like, who are these families that have grown parents with their own f- own kids and stuff? And their rooms are just still there with their crap in them. That's weird. What's up with that? You know, like, that's a big old house that the Stones have. Are they like, nah, (laughs) they got (laughs) enough space. They (laughs) don't need to go in there. (laughs) Right.
4: Amy's makes sense because she clearly, like, is kind of back and forth between school. But it's weird that, like, Everett's room, one, that Everett got, like, a full bed and his own bedroom. And then Thad and Ben are in, like, two twins that Ben had to push together. Yeah, yeah, it is weird. I don't know. They've got too much stuff in that house. Like that, It stresses me out when I watch it. That's what makes it so cozy.
0: Yeah, it's a believable joke. The nightstands yeah. for
4: Kelly and Sybil are full dressers. They don't that's match. They're much. not even centered in the wall. Oh. <laughs> and the wallpaper behind them clashes with like
1: everything yeah. that's going on on the
4: comforter. It's, it's, so it's a lot happening. Though
1: yeah i've never i've never lived in a house like that i've never i was raised as an only child with to a single mom so i've never known that dynamic or had a house with that much stuff in it or a house that was that old you know and like so weathered in a charming way but in my mind that's like the quintessential new england family like setting that i would love yeah it seems like
2: you could sit anywhere in the house and just hang out and it's cozy everywhere You'd yeah, probably bump into everything getting there, but it.
4: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of trip hazards. Yeah,
2: did you guys think that breakfast looked good that Meredith was making?
4: Frittata. Uh, I don't no. like. I, it's just a frittata, right? But made in a, it's a different kind of frittata. It's got bread in
0: it. I don't it's, like that. Yeah. I don't like
4: baked egg. No, it's unless okay. it's a quiche. I love a quiche.
0: It's like some kind of thing where she had dough stars on the bottom Wait, of the mm-hmm. cheese. You don't and... like baked egg, but you love a quiche. That's the quintessential baked egg.
4: I don't. Okay, you know what? Then I just don't like frittata. Okay. <laughs> I don't my, like my uh, frittata. Yeah. is just
3: quiche with no pie crust.
4: Exactly. What's the point? My in my my sister-in-law law like makes apple it. pie. Oh
1: really? No. Apple pie is gross. Yeah, my no, no, sister in law.
2: Matt's saying like I don't like I like apple pie, but I don't like apple filling if there's no pie or something. I don't <laughs> Just, Why would I just says. eat apple no,
0: pie? That makes sense. You're saying that's ridiculous. That's, yeah, what, that's the pie. Totally normal. Oh,
4: no, the I pie. just want a bunch of like, I love cherry <laughs> pie, but I don't want to eat a bowl of cherry and sugar.
1: <laughs>
0: Why not? Because <laughs> I want pie.
1: All right.
4: I do
0: want some pie right now. That'd be good.
1: Wait, yeah, me too.
4: Wait, you said your sister-in-law
1: makes? Yeah, I've had avocado. strata on Christmas. My sister-in-law. So uh, this, it's. My wife's brother's wife. So my sure. brother-in-law's wife. Does that make her my sister-in-law? Yes. yes. Yeah, she makes it. Uh, she's made it a few times on Christmas, and I only realized really that that's what she had been making until Sarah told me. I was like, oh, that's strata." Yeah, it's all right. Did she, Did she punch chocolate? out the star shapes? <laughs> I don't remember the star shapes. I just remember a big Tyler? baked egg dish thinking, yeah, this is good. And didn't think anything else of it.
0: Tyler, is it before you were told what it was, you were eating it?
1: yeah i thought oh sure yeah here's some baked eggs fine great so
0: for you, you just someone gave you a plate of what you thought was just a baked egg concoction
1: well it was in the casserole pan all right what's yes. it called what,
3: what is this called yeah, yeah i didn't Mushroom ask for the
1: meat. i didn't ask for the recipe or how to make it you know just whisk whisk whisk. Well, you, you know no just as fast, fast, as
0: fast, as fast, 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 fast 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 yeah so <laughs> <laughs> oh, <tough. laughs> Family Stone is one of the uh, is a great example of a non-plotted movie.
1: Uh, there's a plot, but it does it does play like a day in the life kind of a thing. It's a day there's... in the
0: life, and it starts to splinter off into all these, you know, like a- almost like an anthology set within right. the same Multiple house and the same arcs, cast yeah. of characters. Uh, some are clearly more important than than others for the main line of the movie. Uh, but apparently a lot of the people's beef with it in the reviews was they felt like it, it tried too much. It's tone shifts were clumsy. Um,
1: no, it, I thought it's tone shifts were nice where it would end a dramatic moment with a, the with a laugh.
0: Oh yeah. I'm I'm fine with it as well. Yeah. But I think that the, the, that was to me when I was reading all these reviews of people like, yeah, it's got some good stuff. It's got a good ensemble, but it's just too messy. It's too all over the place. And it's, you know, like not a traditional, um, story point, a point B point C kind of story. And I'm like, Oh, that, that seems to be what works most.
1: Yeah. It's not a captain America movie. It's not like that. Some point there's a moment, a scene that's just all exposition laying out their mission in front of them. This movie is much more subtle where we're trying to figure out the family dynamics. They all but know all I, the
4: three clear acts, though. Yes, for sure. Yeah, but you know, And all of, like the, all of the
1: characters, all of the characters know what's happening and the dynamic in front of them. They Who's know. The they just haven't revealed to us
0: of the film. Who's the main antagonist? What is the 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 main conflict of the movie? It's the all those things are too complicated to summarize i mean not to make too much of the movie but it's like i don't know there's lots of different characters that share the limelight in different respects the conflict is just family drama the
2: cover art makes it think makes you think the ring will be like the MacGuffin of the whole thing but that's not really what happened the only beef i have with the movie is i can't i cannot fathom a world where Meredith turns good at the end
0: (laughs) god y'all hate Meredith. there's no
2: way
4: (laughs) Redeemable. She's gone. We
0: don't know that she's good. She's just still there. Yeah, I but like you, Ben would is.
4: stay with her if she stayed like shrill. Who knows, man? Ben, man, he's just high all the time. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, got, I think that
2: he's developed a drug habit to deal with Meredith.
4: Yeah, he's Mariana was a gateway drug. <laughs> he's now on heroin. Well, <laughs> he got he got worse. her high. She got high and just chilled out. Yeah, that's it. There you go. She just needed some CBD gummies to like mellow out. Mm-hmm.
3: I feel like that family wouldn't recover after that dinner table conversation.
2: They bounce back pretty quick after what was the most awkward thing I've ever seen at a Christmas. You know, one
0: of the small details in the movie that I really like about uh, and I find believable about Craig T. Nelson playing Kelly Stone as the, you know, the good dad is uh, he loses his temper at that dinner table. Mm -hmm. Understandably so in context. Uh, but then there's a, a kind of a throwaway moment where uh, he shows up at the end because he wants to apologize to Meredith and to Claire Danes' character Yeah, uh, for losing his temper. It really doesn't have anything to do with what's happening at the movie at that time. You don't even need it other than to demonstrate, oh, this is a good dude. He's really trying to...
4: <laughs> well, no, It also, it's a moment where we... It's the first time that we're told explicitly that Claire Danes is into Everett. Yeah, cause because she thought he came knock. back to the door. Yeah, because it's the knock on her bedroom door at the inn, and she that's visibly hopes that it's Everett. Yeah, and then... this
0: year we were watching it, and uh, I was like, look at these guys falling in love while he's supposed to be looking for the woman he thinks is going to be yeah. his fiance. That's, that's what's so great about it. Abby's like it's just uh, it's just him it's not her and I was like what she gets all excited when he knocks on the door it's mm-hmm. a, you're right that is an important right important, important moment
1: it is yeah I think it, I think that the uh, the way that all of these scenes are written together contributes to the argument there is a strong plot that they're all trying to find themselves in a sense by coming home and deal with the impending loss of their mother which is a good question let me let me let me ask this question as we go down this road what is the family stone what is it named after is it named after them just being the stone family is it the ring what is it oh Uh, these years
0: i thought it was the name of the family and then abby said what a stupid name she said to me in passing one morning what a stupid name for that movie because the ring barely has anything to do with anything. And I said, what are you talking about? she's like, you know, the family stone as in the ring. And right, I was like, Grandma oh ring. my God.
4: <laughs> Mind blown. Yeah. Now Never- <laughs> I would say, <laughs> I would say
0: more, that. the, the ring
2: thing would have more to do, like we were saying earlier, if it had more to do with like a real plot to it, but it was kind of a, just a little thing in the side. It was important. I don't know. Sure.
4: I think, I think that it is it's for for the Everett Sybil, julie meredith Mm -hmm. storyline it's the central point like that's the point of it
1: propels the story yeah yeah
4: it's the point of conflict between Sybil and everett which leads to resolution and it's the point of conflict between meredith and julie and everett when julie's wearing it and meredith yells no i won't marry you and it basically if the ring wasn't there everett and sybil wouldn't have like healed before she died and meredith and everett might not have got to the point they got to when she's handing out the photographs and it, their relationship might have limped along and they would have been unhappy forever
0: it nah. is kind of the ex machina that comes, that comes out at the as in nah. final, uh, half hour of the movie and resolves every single thing
1: i uh, i think that the family stone is both of those things it's just it's yeah. just they're just having fun with the name of the family and the ring but i think that there's a third this could just be me going way too deep as a deep fan of the film at this point is that the, a third one is, is that, um, Sybil is the, the family stone. She's the foundation of this family that everything kind of is built on and they're trying to figure out who they are before they lose her and if they'll survive afterward.
0: I have a theory that's just as plausible as the one that you just put forth. And that's that they were planning a sequel and in it, they were going to reveal that Kelly stone had
1: testicular cancer. cancer family one stone. Left. The stones. Yeah. Yeah. One stone. <laughs> I think that the was... original version of the film had a lot more of them eating brownies and smoking weed together. Oh, and that, uh, part, that bit where they're on the bleachers. Yeah, that's it was clearly the, cut short. The family stone, you know. Right. Oh I mm-hmm. they, wow! They got
3: so many meanings. <laughs> Every
0: time it shows that, that footage of them sitting out there on those bleachers, eating and, and, and Kelly's eating the brownies, and they look so cold. I'm like, go inside, and eat the brownies. Like, <laughs> no man,
4: Sybil said, no pot in the house.
0: Yeah, you know, it's the pot in the brownies too. The neighbor. Yeah.
4: Yes. No.
1: Yeah. What? Yeah. Because he, he comes in the first time we see him, he's coming in the house with the brownies saying that mm-hmm. a friend of theirs made them special again
4: you think that's i I always thought that it him and Ben had been smoking that little pipe that Ben knocks out on the seat, and Kelly's just got the munchies. he bought them with him in preparation. no yeah, I read no.
1: it as I read it as Ben's smoked, and Kelly likes to eat his weed
3: no, they just said it's the this- The neighbor's special recipe yeah
1: Yeah, i don't think i don't think it's weed brownies brownies. special recipe so so, i've never thought it's a weed special
0: you automatically think drugs are in it why in the the
3: world
1: world would they they write brownies into a scene with about weed when brownies are are famously known for having weed yeah i it's that's a fair point but also i
0: think matt's right
4: yeah i think it's just showing that kelly's already smoked
1: no, I'm ben, right. And he's they the they could have chosen anything. They could have chosen Christmas cookies, but they did brownies. Yeah, maybe.
0: Hmm. But, but then I don't know. Brownies are a normal baked good that people enjoy. And yeah, especially in the holidays.
2: A holiday brownie? Come on. Mm, I love holiday a brownie. brownie. Mm-hmm.
0: Sometimes Kelly people had those co- cozy uh, bits of candy cane in there. Then yeah.
1: why even acknowledge them at the beginning of the film? Why doesn't he just and have brownies? The, reason that you so eat they, yeah, so it makes sense <laughs> that they show up later. We need a reason for him to have have the munchies. We need another reason for him to have the munchies other than he's smoking weed. Oh, because the neighbor made them.
0: Where are these descriptions coming from? Here's another one from Wikipedia. Rachel McAdams as Amy Stone, the youngest member of the family. Amy is a school teacher pursuing her master's degree in Philadelphia, who had previously met Meredith and took an immediate dislike
1: to her. Yeah, there's nothing in the movie about what? her getting her master's in Philadelphia. They
0: read maybe the there's novelization of it somewhere.
1: About. Yeah, maybe. maybe but they did have, a, they did have um, a meal together at some point. right?
2: She Took her to the nicest <clears throat> restaurant. <clears throat> that's right. Didn't she talked
0: the whole time. She is so yeah. phony. Apparently, here's another interesting behind-the-scenes thing. Uh, uh, some people fussed when the movie came out. There's a character in the film who's deaf and so the family speaks. ASL together throughout Mm -hmm. the movie. Apparently, uh, people fluent in ASL noted that everyone in the movie, all the actors are really horrible at it. Um, But then somebody else came to the movie's defense and said, this is actually what it's often like when a family has one uh, person who's hearing impaired and they all learn sign language together. They're often not great at it they just become communicative right Right.
4: especially if it's your fourth kid in the birth order you've had three hearing kids you and your wife are in your 40s and all of a sudden who knows when Thad if Thad was born deaf or if he went deaf later
1: like and he wasn't entirely deaf he could still hear slightly yeah he
4: had because he had hearing aids right Mm -hmm. he has hearing aids so he yeah he's not he is here. That makes hair, sense
2: too. Like if the, the kid would just learn, this is my family slang,
0: you know?
4: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: The kid knew enough to know that Sybil signed a bad word.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. What Edgy. word was it?
1: I think she was saying he had little balls because she goes like this, you know, with the little tiny hands <laughs> cupped <laughs> together.
4: Tiny balls. <laughs> 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 so the, steroid balls.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> the family stone.
1: There we go. There yeah. It all circles back. Ben <laughs> needed to get some family stones. That's right. Yeah. I think that uh the Meredith being the family stone is the is the plot point here because Meredith? Not Meredith, sorry. Sybil. Sybil being the family stone is the major plot point here because it's everyone trying to. Um, either fulfill like who they think they're supposed to be, even Everett goes has a whole thing about this where he's like, Do you ever feel like you're the way you are? Just because people told you that's who you are? He's just trying to find himself. Mm -hmm. I think that the plot is them trying to figure out who they are and yet at the same time do what they can for their mom, who they're about to lose. Because Everett was committed to getting married not getting he wasn't committed to marrying meredith you know like when thad said don't marry her he said i am getting married and he had that whole scene with his mom and she's like don't don't do something just for me you need to do something to, for yourself i'm this is a very basic explanation but because of that there's a huge turn there where they all finally reach that coming of age moment that she's wanted for them where they're like it's kind of like that they're finally leaving the house kind of a scenario where thad's already married and patrick has been brought into the family and and uh susanna is already married and has an established family but she's got these three other kids that are trying to find themselves obviously it's everett and ben and then amy has a sub a sub plot to that where by the end of the film they're all with somebody as a result of that christmas and they're Mm -hmm. continuing their new lives technically building their own families apart from their mom now that she's gone. And this, this one Christmas was the catalyst for all of that.
2: Except Susanna.
1: She's already married. She's got her own family already. Right.
0: She doesn't, doesn't do anything for the story. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Back to the point of She's there for no reason. How do, how do you feel about the, do you like it or do you find it a little on the nose that they've moved the photo of Sybil pregnant with a black Amy. frame? Out of the frame it was gifted in, and yeah. thick black frame.
1: It's pretty funny noticing that the first time, as if it's one final fu to Meredith. Yeah, uh, I think they like just that did was that. Part of Sybil's will. Yeah, <laughs> you move this
4: out of that ugly ass yeah. frame. Get it out of <laughs> that did. frame.
1: Yeah, I think the uh, uh, production did that just so they could get the shot of the reflection in the camera of uh, Brad and Amy kissing and hugging.
4: Brad's shirt at the end is one of the ugliest. In fact, both of Brad's shirts, Christmas one and Christmas two, the ugliest shirts I've ever seen. Yeah,
2: it's very Garth Brooksy, huh?
4: Yeah, but he's not Garth Brooks, so y'all need to calm down. Brad you don't have funny. an exclusive deal with
1: Walmart. Yeah, Brad is funny. I <laughs> agree. Know,
3: right? The face yeah. he makes when he's like trying to laugh and then cuts it off really quick. Yeah.
0: She says, I slept with your brother and he reacts. Yeah. 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 seems very genuine.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that whole scene, uh, the whole Christmas day really is when they revert basically back to their childhood selves and they end up falling on the floor in the kitchen and the brothers are chasing themselves around and the dad shouting, boys, boys. And it's all just so normal that Brad's sitting on the couch, just waiting for I... it to end and introduces himself to Julie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian Danowitz. what a guy. Yeah, yeah. it's so good. It's just so normalized, all of that. It just feels so familial. It's great.
0: So what's up with this director? He has four credits to his name. He made a movie called Big Eden in 2005. Five years later, The Family Stone. In 2011, Monte Carlo. And then this year, he directed a film called Let Him Go that uh, is, looks like it's starring Superman's parents.
3: Diane Lane and Kevin Costner.
0: Good for him. <laughs> staying busy at least he made
1: at least he made the family stone
0: we don't know if this other movie is good or bad that's true I don't really care
4: The neo-western drama
0: are you looking at it now yeah why did he cast Superman's parents (laughs) why wouldn't you but you guys clearly have the chemistry I saw it in Man of Steel and then I saw Mm -hmm. some more of it in uh, Justice League (laughs) (laughs) where on earth are our fellow family stone fans please for the love of god reassure us by leaving a comment on this episode to interact with all our quibbling over family stone semantics let us know if you like love or hate this movie or this movie is news to you While you're busy dipping your toes in the You Hate Movies waters, you might as well subscribe to the podcast. One of the great ways that you can help and ensure the future of You Hate Movies without paying or really wasting much of your time is just to leave us a nice review on the iTunes podcast store. And if you want to go one step above that, you might as well go over to patreon.com slash youhatemovies, where for the price of a cup of coffee every month, you can get bonus episodes no one else is hearing really fantastic stuff. Merry Christmas from You Hate Movies.